Welcome back to another episode of Jamie and Richard. I'm Richard Bliss, joined by my co-host... Jamie Stegmeyer over at Stonemeyer Games. I'm going to have to find a virtual poke so when I, I do that cue to poke you and say, hey, <laughs> that's your turn to talk. Right. And this is another episode. Jamie and I, uh, Jamie's my co-host on these Jamie uh, uh, Richard episodes, and we're going to talk about some more stuff. Uh, last, This is our third one that we've done like this. Uh, I think we've been having some fun. What do you think? Absolutely, yeah. So in the first episode, we talked about uh, shipping, international shipping and, and shipping methods. In the next episode, we kind of talked about manufacturing and structuring Kickstarter projects to make shipping possible. And we're kind of going to switch gears a little bit on, on today's episode and talk about momentum, how to build and, and continue to create momentum on Kickstarter. Okay, I think that's a great topic because oftentimes, particularly in the gaming space, we see projects that go out there and they're followed up by yet another project. And, and you, in this last episode, I think that's what prompted this, is that you have had some success with your momentum, your viticulture, which then went on to Euphoria. Right. Yeah, we saw a, a, a five times, a 500% increase in, in backers and funding from viticulture to euphoria. Um, and I think we've seen that within a lot of other uh, creators on Kickstarter, especially within the board game space, where they kind of build upon subsequent games. You've talked about Cool Mini or Not as a company that's really using that to their advantage. What have you seen from them? Yeah, last year they were – I got to – just on a side note, I got to stand at the – I was uh, one of the moderators at the crowdfunding – Silicon, the first annual Silicon Valley crowdfunding conference. And so I stood up in front of a room of all these investment bankers and VC people and talked to them about Cool Mini or Not. And obviously none of them had even heard of Cool Mini or Not, not surprising. Mm -hmm. But what they really hadn't heard was that Kickstarter was having this tremendous success raising funds without giving away equity. Now, remember, the room's full of equity-focused folks. And this idea, they had heard of Kickstarter, but they really just saw it as kind of as a donation or a pre-order system, not understanding this ability to use it to leverage and raise money. And so I shared with them, Cool Mini or Not, what they were doing. Last year, they used Momentum. Every 60 days last year, they launched a new project. And the reason it was every 60 days is because the first one would run 30 days. 30 days would go by, they'd launch the next one. Then 30 days would go by, and they'd launch the next one. Give or take, uh, you know, maybe sometimes a week. And they were averaging $600,000 a project every 30 days. And when I mentioned those numbers to this room of investment bankers who had kind of dismissed Kickstarter, it blew their minds that this company was figuring that out. Well, we can go, we can do a whole episode about cool mini or not. I've had them on the show to talk about some of their secret of their success, but their success has been momentum. Do a project, deliver, do a project, deliver, do a project, deliver. And that just kept building and building and building. Sometimes one of the projects wasn't nearly as successful as the other ones. I'm sorry. This one only did $500,000. Last one did $750,000. Oops. But perfect example of that momentum. And, you know, when we talked last time when I mentioned Zara, that, that idea of just speed, increase it, build it faster, have it come out sooner because your backers are anxious. And they, the days of releasing products at Spiel, you know, everybody's saving up for Spiel and doing your product launch at Spiel and waiting for that event. I think those days are over and uh, momentum is being seen by smaller companies that are actually able to grab the, the initiative. Right. Right. So they're doing that with, I, I guess Kuhlman or not is doing it with a mix of new products and expansions. 
right? I think they, they Zombicide, one of their, their biggest games, they recently came out with the expansion on Kickstarter, and it did, I don't know, I'll look at the exact numbers, but I think it was almost twice as, as good as, as the original Zombicide. And then Bones, right? Bones came out. Bones. Bones 2 came out and did a, a couple million dollars there. Millions of dollars on a board game. That's another thing that when I tell people, what? And that's another example where they came out, their momentum was, hey, we'll release a second version. And I walked into a game store the other day, and there were all the Bones 1 figs right out front, right in the middle of the Bones 2 campaign running, because they, a game store was starting to realize that the exposure was starting to drive traffic into the store. So yeah, that's one way to do, maintain momentum, is you come out with an expansion. Um, you've right. got, you Because you've had... Because you're... Stonemeyer Games... First game was Viticulture, then Euphoria, huge increase. Now you're faced with this kind of this decision, right? Where, how do you maintain this momentum? What are some of the ways that you're looking at doing that? Well, I see it as kind of a three-pronged approach for the company. And we talked about this a little bit. When, when a creator puts the project on Kickstarter, you kind of have to make a choice. Is this going to be a, a one-time deal and you're just going to be a, a designer? You're just going to design a product or a game? Or are you going to build this into something bigger, into a brand or a company, a publisher? Um, oh, I've now, decided to take that. Yeah. I, I was just going to say the doom that came to Atlantic City. We right. just he, That was a guy who supposedly raised the money for a game and then when the game couldn't be delivered said, oops, sorry, I was building a company and I spent all the money. Right. At least that's what he said. I, I, I think he spent a lot of that money – I think he hired himself essentially and spent a lot of money on on his own personal needs. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, not even go there. But you, you've talked yeah. about okay, so I have a game, I've designed it, I put it on Kickstarter, I have it successful now, I now have to go get it manufactured, and now you're faced with a decision, okay, am I a game designer or am I a manufacturing company? And some people you can't can you do both? Well, I, I think we've seen companies that have been able to do both. I, I think Dice Hayden Games, you've had Chris on the podcast here before. He's done a good job, a great job, really, of um, – he's still a game designer. Chris still designs games, but he also has brought new designers into the company and has released their games on Kickstarter. So he, I think he – my perception of Chris – I haven't exactly talked about this, but my perception is that he is still getting the joys of being a designer and a developer of games – He's also bringing in other games he loves. And really, if you're not designing the game, that, that takes a lot of work away from you that you could spend on other things like customer service and backer outreach and logistics and those types of things. So I think that's a great example of one company that's doing that really well. Tasting Minstrel Games is, a, is another one. So what about Stonemaier uh, Games? You're, you're faced, now you're faced with this momentum, right? What, You've got Viticulture we talked about on the last episode. You had just shy of 1,000 backers. Euphoria comes out a little more than 4,000 4, backers. Huge jump. Right. It would appear you've got momentum. So how do you take advantage of now maintaining that momentum? What's the plan? Well, part of it is just to keep backers in the loop. And I know you've talked a lot about transparency and updates. And that's kind of been my way of continuing to engage those backers until I come out with a new product. Um, but after FU4 came out, I, I kind of sat down with my business partner, Alan, and we really talked about what are the next steps so we can keep this momentum going, not just for Stillmeyer games, but also for these specific games that we have that we know people already like. 
And so one of them, uh, as we referenced with Zombicide, is to come out with an expansion for a game. Usually when you come out with an expansion for a game, you reignite sales for the original game, and you bring in new people who are excited that they now get more stuff. They get more of, of this new world of, of viticulture or euphoria. So that's what I've been working on for the most part for the last couple of months is building this expansion for viticulture. Um, okay. And in the meantime, yeah. So then in the meantime, um, so that's one way. So you're like, okay, because I just realized I made a note here because you're talking about – we're talking about two different brands. We're talking right. about Stonemeyer Games as a brand and we're talking about viticulture as a brand. And exactly. so the question is how do you maintain the – so if you maintain the momentum for viticulture, that also feeds into the brand of – the Stonemaier Games brand. Right. Right, okay. exactly. And I think part of that is I, every time you put something new on Kickstarter, you're engaging new people, and you're hopefully, if you're doing it right, you're building trust with new people. And so these people then trust, uh, like the people who came into the fold with Euphoria, they trust that I'm going to treat those backers well, and in about a month when the game delivers, I think I'll maintain that trust because they'll see that they got a pretty cool game, or at least a high-quality game. And so I built that trust, and then I can leverage that into uh, expansions for viticulture because all these people now trust the Stillmeyer Games brand. How did you? I mean, how did you go from a thousand backers to four thousand backers? I, that, that's a. That's a big question. I think actually part of the ties into what we've talked about in the last couple episodes, shipping made a big difference there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because you talked about 40%, 30, excuse me, 39% of your 4,000 plus backers were international because you added, I just did the math. That was like 1,500, 1,600 backers were international. Right. About twice the number of backers, total backers on viticulture were international backers on Euphoria. Uh, That's one way of doing it. Yeah. And we talked about, I think that, and we, and I recommend listeners go back if you hadn't listened to that episode. Um, it was episode one seventy. We talked about free shipping right. international and, and how Jamie you set that up. So this momentum thing is important because you see people sometimes get it right and get it wrong. And there's two ways of getting it right and two ways of getting it wrong. I guess uh, getting it wrong on the momentum is is that you don't anticipate the future, and then you find yourself scrambling. And, that, and we talked about that last episode, uh, stretch goals that maybe you should have thought mm-hmm. about beforehand. And the other way to get it wrong is to over-anticipate. And sometimes, again, you see it on stretch goals. Okay, if we hit 250000 this is what we're going to do. Yeah, but you've only raised $8,000. Why are you sharing me a $250,000 stretch goal? Right, right. Right, that anticipation too far out there. How do you strike that balance then of – planning for the future for this momentum. I think that's one of the, one of the challenges. And, and you're right. I think it's that, that balance of, of, uh, it's kind of, I would compare it to a TV show that teases you about the next episode. If they give away too much information about the next episode, you may not even watch it, but if they give you just enough that you, you need to watch that right away, you need to watch the next episode of the walking dead right away. Then then you can't wait to watch it. Your anticipation is at a, at a, at a peak there. Yeah. I think the same thing goes for stretch goals or anything. Do, do, do you see it differently? No, 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 I was just going to say, we don't get to watch Walking Dead at my house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really want to, and I, I could sneak off with my iPad and watch it. 
Uh, we, we watch The Good Wife at my house, so. Uh, so, uh, just to, that's why you heard that big sigh. No, I wasn't disagreeing with you. I was just like, uh, uh, this is it. So, I'm a project creator. I've got my project. I'm putting it out there. Um, mm -hmm. And I want to, I want to build momentum here. I don't want it just to be a one-time thing. I want to build right. momentum. So I guess, do I talk to people about, I'm making a company. You're going to fund my, uh, I'm going to make this company. We're going to come out with all kinds of more stuff. Or do you just really, I think I know the answer now that I've asked it. Or do you just really focus on delivering the product that you've promised? And then it's the success of the product delivers. You could almost argue, I'm answering my own question. I'm not letting you talk, but you could, <laughs> you could almost argue that promising future stuff like, oh, we're going to make this big company. We're going to have more games coming out. It's almost like adding this virtual stretch goal. Right. And that, right. and like we talked about in our last episode, you don't want to do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like if you put half a game on Kickstarter and said, hey, we're going to fund this half of the game, and then in six months we'll fund the other half of the game. And, and in some ways, that's how cool Mini or Not could have structured Zombicide, even though Zombicide is a, is a complete game and Zombicide 2 is a complete game. They could have said it that way, but they would have had so many backers say, well, I don't, I'm going to wait for the complete version. Why would I back it now? I could wait for six months and, and get everything at once. Yeah, I, I don't think that method works all that well. No. And to be fair... Um... I've had people use Cool Mini or Not as an example of why their project's going to do so well. And I have to argue uh -huh. with them. And like, uh, now, a couple of things. One, Cool Mini or Not gets like 10 million visitors a month to their website right. and has for 10 years. So right. uh, they have a huge following. Also, it's debatable whether there's actually a game inside that box. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I've argued that it's a box of mini figs with a game loosely wrapped around it. Uh, <laughs> Some people have argued, no, 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 it's a great game. I'm sure it's a great game. But uh, that their model has all been about the figs and not necessarily the game. And so that's well, a let's look thing. at another example then. I think because no one would argue that the game Alien Frontiers oh, is a perfect. game. Yeah, right? that's right. And I have a copy and I love the game. Love the game, yeah. Great game. Uh, inspired Euphoria on many levels. So Alien Frontiers was on Kickstarter, I think, almost three years ago. They were one of the first games to fund on Kickstarter. They were. And actually receive, uh, receive a lot of acclaim for their game after it came out. Um, and then, you might recall about, what, four or five months ago, they decided to put the fourth printing, the print run of the game, fourth or fifth, on Kickstarter. I did not notice that. That one slipped. And so oh, what, yeah. what happened? Mm -hmm. it, 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 I think they had a goal of about $5,000. And it, I think I'll look it up right now, but it... it overfunded it did really really well um but I, to be honest and as much as i love this game i had some mixed feelings about it. i wasn't sure how i felt about about a, a print run of an existing game going on kickstarter and so something that's been on my mind a lot lately is, is that a good way to use kickstarter and obviously they've used both methods if that was the fourth print run then they also had a second and a third print run that they didn't use kickstarter for and they did just fine with i see I'm how do you what do you think about that this is a complex answer. Yeah, they raised $151,000, and it, yes, it ended in May. Um, but it wasn't put out by Clever Mojo Games. It was put out by Game Salute. 
Right. And that adds a level of complexity here. Also, okay, if if it wasn't a board game, I would argue that Kickstarter would not have allowed that to happen. Mm -hmm. That this is a – this is so close to pure manufacturing, no creative art, no nothing. This is so close to a store that – in any other category, Kickstarter would have, would have said no and rejected this. And I might need right. to explain to our listeners what I'm talking about. There are approximately 13 categories on Kickstarter with approximately 50 to 60 subcategories in there. Each category has its own community manager. That community manager and any of the subcategories of that particular category has community managers. They look at every single submitted project for Kickstarter and they give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. That means if you're in the board game space, Cindy Ao and Luke, I forgot Luke's last name. That's who's looking at every single one of these projects over time. They, it's, it's kind of like, well, we allowed this one and this one's not that much different. So we have to allow that one over time. It's crept into more and more closer to a store which is exactly what we're looking at. Oh right. yeah. Well, there's some new techs and we've done this, some new things, but really it's just, no, we needed some money to, to run a fourth printing. And right. I think they even said somewhere on the page, for J one, they were like, okay, we're, we're definitely making this game. It's just a matter of how many are we going to print? Yeah. And if you were doing this as a technology product and going to that category on Kickstarter, I'm almost a hundred percent confident they would reject it outright. No, we don't do right. projects like that. And you see so many of the rules on Kickstarter for multiple copies and or for other limitations. It's almost as if all those limitations apply to everybody but board games. Right. So it's kind of up to board game creators to decide how we want to shape Kickstarter in that way, right? It is. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, I'm going to talk out both sides of my mouth because okay. I continue to believe that Kickstarter is a perfect place for this type of project. Put it out there. Let it work. But in the purity of the Kickstarter theme, yeah, this gets real close to violating that. But, (laughs) (laughs) right, you can just keep going back and forth. If people are willing to do it, some would argue, well, Kickstarter's making money off of this. Well, you know what? Kickstarter's making enough money off of everything else. And Gaming has become the number one category, and it continues to push the envelope. And I think that's why they're willing to let the gamers get away with it, because it's it's because there's huge following, and it seems to be working. And Kickstarter is slowly evolving themselves, and the gamers are the ones that are pushing that a lot. When it gets right. abused, it gets abused on the tech. It appears to get abused on the technology side. Somebody comes up with a 3D printer and they throw it up there and raise a bunch of money and it fails. Whoa! Then they put in all kinds of rules for the technology people. Well, the same thing happens on the board game side. Doom that came to Atlantic City and it's like, eh, oh well, the board gamers, will, <laughs> the board gamers will take care of that. So, right. I understand what you're saying and I'm obviously torn on this one what's your position on that we've only got a minute or two what's your position on that well it's it's tough and it's something that we faced with viticulture we were fortunate i use a, a distribution broker called impressions you've had aldo on the show several times you're good friends with him um although did a great job and sold out the first print run 
all the retail copies of Viticulture within about 20 minutes when it was when it was released to distributors. So I was faced with the choice in the middle of the Euphoria campaign uh, for Viticulture. Should I should I ask the printers for more copies right now? Should I do a second run or should I wait? Should I do a Kickstarter campaign like Alien Frontiers? And my end conclusion, which I'm not seeing as the right conclusion for, for anyone. I think if we had done another print run, I think we probably would have sold those copies, especially in the Christmas season. But my end conclusion was to wait until I run the Kickstarter campaign for the expansion pack for Viticulture and let backers add on copies of the original or the second edition, the second print run of Viticulture in that campaign. But the focus of that campaign, I guess this is what is important to me, the focus of that campaign will be on the expansion track, not on a print run of games that will not be affected at all by the Kickstarter campaign. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if that's the right answer. That's what we're doing. Yeah, that's, that, that is an answer. And it's, obviously it's evolving as we go. We're out of time. Um, It'll be certainly an interesting topic as we watch this project. Uh, well, this one successfully funded yeah, a lot as we watch yeah. continued projects that come out and push the envelope like this. Jamie, this has been great. I, uh, I'm enjoying these, uh, these episodes. Me too, Richard. I look forward to doing more with you. Sounds great. Okay, well, we're out of time. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. Your co-hosts, Richard Bliss and Jamie Stegmeyer from Stonemeyer Games. Uh, we have uh, been talking this time about momentum and building momentum in your particular project and using some examples that are out there. Hopefully you've heard something inspiring. Go find uh, Jamie at StoneMeyerGames.com or myself at RichardABliss.com. Leave us a comment. Send us an email. Tell us what you think. We appreciate the feedback we've received so far. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.